Good morning, everybody, and welcome to class. We are in week two of our series on prayer. If you can go ahead and put your hands together, like we're talking about prayer. And what we talked about last week was how God hears and he is near. And we talked about those of us who kneel or close our eyes. I prayed with someone last night and there was this awkward moment where I was like, do we hold hands? Because we talked about like hand holders. And then a group of us prayed, oh, at Mikey's birthday party. And I was a double over. You guys know what I'm talking about? Whenever you hold hands. Some people are over under, like powerlifting. Some people are double under. I don't trust those people. <laughs> like, what do you do? And then, I mean, if, like you're super comfortable. Some people interlock the fingers. No, y'all don't. That's just me, myself, and Jesus. Okay. I'll hold Jesus' hand all day, every day. And we talked about how there's no like magic formula, certain words that you have to say or different things that you have to do, but it's more about the intent of the heart. But today, today we're going to give you that good, good content. We're going to talk about praying the right way. And we will talk about like the different words that you can use and how you can pray. But I'm going to start with a story. For those of you who do play sports, you know that this is the season for anybody, anybody? Baseball. It is baseball season, right? The boys are playing. The college season's almost wrapping up. The MLB is in full swing. The generals are already playing. And I actually was asked one time to throw the first pitch at a generals game. And it was a Victoria College night. And so when I was at VC as a student, I was the president of like the student government and stuff. I was such a nerd. And they said, we want you to come throw the pitch out because it's VC night at the ballpark. And they were going to have pizza and drinks and all this free stuff. And I'm like, yes. So I went and they gave me a little goodie bag. And I had my little jersey, my little hat. And it was like the flat bill. You know what I'm talking about? They know you're a real baseball player with the flat bill. And so there I was. And everybody kept asking me, are you nervous? Are you nervous? I'm like, no, I'm not nervous. It's throwing a ball. How hard can it be? I have never played baseball before. I didn't play in high school. I didn't play Little League. When me and my dad played catch, it was a football. You know what I'm talking about? I knew how to throw a football. I know how to throw a basketball. I know how to... Well, you're not supposed to throw a soccer ball unless you, I guess, throw it inbounds. What team were you? I was a Yorktown Wildcat growing up. But I also played arena football in college. We run the intramural games. And throwing a football is a lot different, isn't it, Bryson, than throwing a baseball? <laughs> I did not know that. And so I walk out there and the stands are full and I step out onto the field and there's turf on the infield at Riverside Stadium. And I'm just like, oh, wow, you know, here I am down here instead of up there looking down, heckling the ref or anything. And so they give me the ball and the catcher's like, all right, put it in here, put it in here. And I do my little fake leg lift thing and I let it rip. And I threw that thing so high. He had to jump up and grab it. And as I'm watching the ball, I'm like, it should be going down right now. And it just kept going and going. So he jumps up and grabs it. And I hear some people laughing. And I'm just like, time to go. <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> I did not know how to correctly aim a baseball because I didn't grow up playing baseball. I threw it like I threw a football, but they're different. Right? A baseball and a football need to be thrown differently. We can agree on that. We can understand that. Yeah, it's easy to understand. So today as we're talking about prayer, I want you to think about a baseball and a football. 
they're both sports, but they're thrown a little differently. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're talking about prayer and how just like I needed to aim and release the ball differently, I want to walk you through several different types of prayer. Now we always know I'm going to pray to God, pray to God, pray to God. But depending on what we're doing, sometimes we need to throw it up there a little differently. Just like the difference between throwing a baseball and throwing a football. This football is much easier to throw than a baseball. I'm just putting that out there. So the first type of prayer that I want to talk about is Thanksgiving. In fact, we have a whole holiday dedicated to Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Where are my ham eaters? Anybody out there? Just, you do the ham? Okay. Where are my turkey people? Yeah. Where are my... Nah, who cares? Let's just do pizza people. Yeah. Right? You're like, I'm so tired of all this leftover turkey. Has anyone ever tried to put turkey on a pizza? What? (laughs) Justin's like, burn it to the ground. So I am a turkey person, but mostly a mashed potato person. And at the end of Thanksgiving, I basically, like, I just lay on the couch and I'm like, I'm a potato. Because that's how I feel after Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about? Like, forget the turkey because I am the one who is stuffed. So Thanksgiving, we're going to always include Thanksgiving in any kind of prayer. I want you to remember that as we talk about the different kinds of prayer today. You should always start off with Thanksgiving. And there's a, a reason for that. See, reminding yourself of God's faithfulness builds faith in His faithfulness if that makes sense. Because whenever we're about to ask God for something or talk to God about some tough stuff, it's always good to have the mindset of, you are faithful. And to remind myself that you're faithful, I'm going to remember how this. So when I pray, I remember how my mom couldn't have kids. And then the Lord moved in her body. And here, here comes joy. And then about three and a half years later, here comes Jonathan. Well, actually, we were, we were C-section. So it's like, there we go. But the Lord was faithful. And then I remember how my dad fell down from the windmill and busted his head open and his skull cracked and his eye popped out and he was just dead for like 20 minutes. Then he came back and God raised him from the dead. Like that reminds me that he's faithful. And then I was remembering yesterday at graduation how God worked it out for me to get my job. I was still a senior, like some of us just graduated. I had not yet graduated. I was waiting for graduation at Texas State, and I got a phone call. And this guy's like, hey, somebody quit in the middle of the year. I need you to come down here. I need you to apply, and we'll get you a job. Just send me your certification and your degree. And I said, well, I have my degree, but I'm not certified yet. He goes, oh, well, I can't hire you then. And I said, can I just get the interview, a job interview, please? He said, okay, I'll get you the interview. We'll have your application on file, but we're not going to hire you. So I was driving down from San Marcos to Victoria, and I was praying the whole time. I'm like, man, God, if this is, if this is your will, just, just work it out. Just kind of, and I was using all these biblical metaphors, like split the waters like you did for Elijah and Elisha. Let me walk through it. If it be thy will, oh God. You know, sometimes we get extra fancy, kind of sauce it up. And so that's what I was trying. And then, as I'm driving down here, I'm like, man, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to believe that he's going to do this. I'm not going to worry about my lack of certification or everything else that seemed to be like it was in the way. I was reminding myself of his faithfulness. And so that kind of softens our heart. If you guys have ever gotten ready to lay down and you kind of fluff your pillow, any pillow fluffers out here? 
You kind of soften it up and then you lay your head down and you're like, ah. So that's what I was doing with my heart. I'm like softening up my heart, like remembering everything that God's done. And then I go and I rock the interview. I give them my portfolio. I use all the buzzwords like safe learning environment and child-centered classroom and collaborative strategies, all the, you know, the stuff. 20 minutes later, I get a call. Jonathan, you're the guy. We want you on our team. They weren't even done interviewing people yet. And I'm like, yes. And that was nine years ago, guys. And from then on, like I've been able to influence the lives of over a thousand students and call the names of over a thousand students at graduations for the past seven years that I've been doing that part. And it's because of God's faithfulness. Like I wasn't even certified yet and they hired me. And so when we pray, we always begin with Thanksgiving. And of course, this being youth class, I should probably give you a scripture to back that up. So we'll go ahead and open our Bible apps and navigate to the book of Psalms. You don't actually say the P, the P is silent. But Psalms, Psalm, Psalms, chapter 103. It's a big book. Psalms 103. Scroll down to 103. And I'm going to read you all 22 verses. Psalms 103 in the New International Version says this, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, verse 2, and forget not all his benefits. And that's going to come in handy when we get to the tough prayers here in a second. Verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and the deeds, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. I love what verse 10 says here. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. In verse 12, we're going to chew on this for a little bit. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. All right, so everybody's going to make a circle with your hands, right? Circle. Now, this is a two-dimensional shape, circle. What do you call a three-dimensional circle? A sphere. And then, if you put some life on it and you put an atmosphere on there, we call it a globe. Have you ever seen a globe in like a geography class or something? So, on the globe, you have lines so you can find where you are, like with a GPS. So the up and down lines, you guys know what those are called? On the globe? They go up and down? Longitude. Very nice, Bryson. That's rookie of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. Longitude, right? So, longitude means that you go from the North Pole all the way to the, what's on the bottom? South Pole, right? So, pop quiz. Are the polar bears north or south? North. And the penguins? North. South. <laughs> uh, close. Just a few hundred thousand miles different. So, we have uh, the north, 
and then you're gonna go south. Let's pretend we're on a plane. It's a nice plane, right? It's like a, it's like a G4, a Learjet, first class, right? Where they bring you like your own can, they don't pour it in the plastic. And so we're on the plane and we're cruising, we're like, and we're doing, you know, karaoke songs and all this stuff. And so we're flying over the South Pole because we just want to look at all those adorable penguins, right? And they're flopping around and dancing like they do in Happy Feet. And then we go over the South Pole. So what happens then? Where do we find ourselves? Upside down. If we keep going, yeah, we're upside down. We fall off the flat earth, but we're in the plane, so it's okay. So we're floating like astronauts. But if we keep going around the sphere, then now where are we going? Now we're going back north. You see? So on our globe, you will reach a point where you were no longer be going south. Now you're going north, right? And then if you we fly over the North Pole, we're like, oh, Santa, what's up, player? And we keep going. Now all of a sudden, we find ourselves going south, right? So you go south until you go north, and you go north until you go south. That's how the sphere works. Pero mira, look, if we're going east, because I work at east, so we have to say east, right? And we say, okay, well, I'm going to go until I see the sunrise because the sun's going this way and we're going that way. So we take off going east. What do you call the sideways lines? Latitude, right? So the up and down lines tell you how far east or west you're going. And the sideways lines are the ones that tell you how far north and south you're going, right? So latitude is how you measure north and south. I think of it like... I call it fatitude because it's like you're measuring your belly. <laughs> and then longitude is how you measure east and west. But here's the crazy part. If we get in a plane and we fly east, we're going to pass over, let's see, we're here. We'll pass over the Gulf. We'll pass over Florida. We're going to pass over the Atlantic. We're going to pass over Africa, maybe Madagascar. I don't know how far north we are. And then we'll pass over India and then we'll go through the Philippines and then we'll eventually hit Hawaii. But there will never be a time when we start going west. Did you guys know that? If you go north and you keep going north, eventually you'll turn around and go south. But if you just go east, you will never go west. You guys realize that? If you keep going east and you land in Africa, guess what? You can still go east. And if you keep going east and you land in Indonesia, you can still go east. And if you keep going east, you can land in Hawaii, but you can still go east. And if you go east and land in Texas, you can still go east. You can always go either east or west, and they will never meet. You guys realize that? Sure. That's crazy, right? Because if you go north, eventually you will go south. But if you go east, you will go east forever. And now I'm going to read verse 12 one more time. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Wow. Imagine, like you can keep going on forever and they'll never touch. West will never touch east. You're either going one way or the other. And the psalmist, David, of course, he didn't have latitude and longitude and, you know, all the astronomical telemetry devices that we have but he recognized God is going to move my sin so far away I never have to touch it again isn't that beautiful the way that he wrote that like how far does he remove our transgressions from us you'll never see them again and that's showing us that he's never going to hold them against us and we're going to come back to that later because 
We're going to pray for our exes today. <laughs> but first things first. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it. And it's gone. No more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. So I'm going to pause there. Actually, I want to finish with verse 20. Praise the Lord, you his angels, the mighty ones who do his bidding. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere. Praise the Lord, verse 22, my soul. So we're talking about how every prayer needs to have thanksgiving. And we need to remember, well, first of all, Thank God we're forgiven. You know what I'm saying? You can go east forever and you'll never touch west. And that's how far he's removed. So when you wake up and you think like, man, I really blew it last night. Argued with my mom. I snapped at my dad. I said something to my friend or my former friend. God's forgiven that if you've asked for forgiveness. And you don't have to touch it anymore. It's gone forever. So I want to remind you, always give thanks for the blessings you have because it softens your heart like that pillow we talked about. And then you can approach God with the right frame of mind because the next kind, that's a tough kind. We have everybody flex for me right here. Mm, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> you guys know when somebody brags on something and they flex about that? Like people online, they say, my biggest flex is whatever you know my biggest flex is my naturally arching eyebrows or my biggest flex is that i can sing better than all of y'all or my biggest flex is i don't know never getting in a car wreck whatever so some people they have weird flexes like my biggest flex is that i can make noises with my throat okay so the next kind flex because this is a tough prayer and the type of prayer we're going to talk about next is lament now lament is not a very fun ethnic name that a parent gives her child for graduation right lament johnson no. lament is actually a really sad prayer and it's a very honest prayer in fact there's an entire book in the bible called lamentations and it's basically just crying i saw a instagram reel which is basically like an off-brand tiktok and this guy goes, he had a piece of paper held up. I think I sent it to you too. And it says, obscure books in the Bible explained, part five. And then he goes like, doo, 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 doo. and it says, lamentations. And this guy just falls into his bed and he screams into his pillow. Because <laughs> that's basically what lamentations is. King Solomon's just like, oh, life is horrible and life is meaningless and everything is meaningless. It's actually in the book of Lamentations. Everything is meaningless. Like, wow. Tell us how you really feel there, King Solomon. But lamentations, here's the thing. Some people think that if you're complaining, it's not prayer. Some people think you have to use like the King James version of thine vocabulary to address the most high. But remember how last week we talked about, I mean, he's not a boy, but like God's a big boy. Like he can handle our messy moments. And lamentations are honest because you only are yourself around people you trust. You know what I'm talking about? Like we've all got friends at school and you don't tell them everything because you don't trust those people. But then your friends, you'd be like, hey, hey, I just farted. And they're like, why would you tell me that, bro? Because we're friends. I can tell you that. 
and be like, hey, bro, I had some nachos last night. And oh, let me tell you what happened afterwards. Right. You only tell your real friends the messy stuff I'm talking about. Or you tell your friend like, hey, you know, you tell your friends like, hey, you know, can I borrow whatever? Like I spilled something on my pants. Can I borrow your shorts? Or uh, I got a boogie hanging out. Hey, bro, you got a boogie hanging out. Like your friends can handle the messy moments. You know what I'm talking about? Have you done that before? You got a boogie hanging out. And they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So you get it. Like your friends, they can handle your messy moments. And they can say, hey, your hair, fix your hair because you're messy. And that's what lamentations are. When you tell God, hey, this is what's going on in my life. It is messy. But you know what? He can handle it. And this is the tough stuff where we talk about like the heartbreak or the disappointment or the anger. Remember last week I told you guys about that guy and his wife died. And he's like, God, why did you let this happen? That's an honest prayer. And you can trust God with that because your friends can handle your messy moments. God's even more than a friend. Like the Bible says he sticks closer than a brother. So lamentations or prayers of lament, God can handle it. When you're disappointed or you're confused or you're upset, you don't have to like hide it from him like we do with our fake friends. Hey, bro, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. I'm good, man. There's nothing wrong. Right? And you're like, or when you're in a relationship, you're like, babe, what's bothering you? Nothing. I'm totally okay. No, no, there's really nothing wrong. <laughs> and the fake laugh. You know you're in trouble when you get the fake laugh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, mm. Or they say, what's wrong, babe? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Oh, you don't even care. You know what I'm talking about? Our closest friends can handle our messiest moments. They're the ones who have seen you without makeup. They've heard the embarrassing stories. They have been there with your family and you're just like, I remember I was hanging out with someone and I made like a fart joke. And I was like, hey, you know, was that you? And she looks at me and she goes, Jonathan, girls don't fart. And that's when I knew I'm like, no, this ain't it. This ain't it right here. (laughs) Which she was also making a joke. But your friends can handle your messy moments. You know what I'm saying? Like they have heard you try to sing and they're like, oh, let's just sing together instead of, oh, no. But God can handle our messy moments. And it softens our heart towards healing. Because sometimes we're angry at God and we're like, God, why would you let this happen? And this is your fault and I can't believe you. But if we trust him enough to tell him that, then we can trust him enough to listen. Because if we don't trust him, then we don't even say it out loud. We talk to other people instead. I don't know why God let this happen. He's a big boy. You can say it to his face. You know what I'm saying? Have you guys ever heard that phrase? Say it to my face. I joke with my freshmen sometimes whenever they're like talking in the back and I'll mess with them like, why don't you say it to my face? And they're like, oh, we weren't talking about you, Mr. Six. I'm like, all right, then you don't need to be talking. And they laugh and then we get back to the lesson and stuff. But real ones, you can say it to their face. Have you guys ever had had an uncomfortable conversation? Like, listen, we need to talk. Or you get that text, we need to talk. And you're like, oh, man, here we go. (laughs) God has no problem whenever you're upset or you're angry or you're disappointed or you're questioning him. Remember, we talked about the difference between questions and doubts. Like questions seek answers. Doubts don't care about the answer. Like, I already don't believe you. Doubt. Questions are, God, can you help me figure this out? I don't understand why. 
but not like the sarcastic way that sometimes girls do. You know, I find it funny. <laughs> they don't they don't actually find it funny, guys. Just letting y'all know for the future. If a girl ever tells you, you know, I find it funny, it's not funny. What's about to go down is not funny. <laughs> right, Vinny? You know. You know. Or can you help me understand why? I just don't understand why. I'm like, oh man, she understands why. But you are about to understand why. And she's gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. Y'all know. Y'all already know. So lament. Prayers of thanksgiving, they're great. Oh, the warm fuzzies. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. And then lament is like, God, what's going on? What even? I literally can't even, God. Why would you do this? I can think of some recent events where people are lamenting right now to God. Like, why would this happen to innocent little kids? Why would this happen to people in a grocery store or people in a church? And they're asking, God, why did you let this happen? God's not the one who opened the door and, and told the killer to go inside. People want to blame God. Now, they don't want to give him thanks for the blessings, but they want to blame him for the bad stuff because they don't have a relationship. And that's how it is with our fake friends, right? You know, you can do all these good things right and they just overlook it. But then you do one thing wrong that one time in the third grade and then here you're on graduation night. You're like, congratulations. You know, I find it funny. <laughs> oh, man. We go back to the third. I remember third grade when Wesley Ritz stole my Yomega X-Brain yo-yo from my cubby. And the teacher was like, empty your pockets. And I'm like, miss, he's got it in his hood. I'm like, come on now. I'm nine years old and I know how to be devious. But I forgave him. You know, it's not like I'm still holding on to that 20 years later. But God can handle our tough prayers. Remember, I had you guys flex? Because mm. the bigger muscles you have, the more you can handle. God has bigger muscles than any of us. He can handle the heavy stuff. Well, God, I thought maybe you're my age. God, I thought we were going to get married. What happened to that? God can handle that. I say, well, God, I don't understand why. And this is where people mess up. I don't understand why you took him or her when someone passes away. God didn't kill them. So it wasn't like some act of judgment. They got struck by lightning or something. Which, side note, for those of you listening, if you do get struck by lightning, it's not necessarily God being mad at you. That's just like a Toy Story, funny cartoon thing that we grew up with. But God can handle those because if you are asking him the tough questions, we also need to remember, we need to listen for the tough answers. I've got a cushion for you here, Riley, if you want it. So if we ask him the tough questions, we also need to listen for the tough answers. Because I heard someone, she's a missionary to, well, she was a missionary to Africa and she was assaulted because some bad stuff goes down in some countries in Africa. And she had to get medical attention and get taken care of. And they flew her back to the United States and everything. And then she went back to a different country on the mission field, which props to her. That takes some guts. And she was just sharing some stuff from her heart on her ministry Facebook. And she said, I had asked God, God, where were you when that man was assaulting me? And the Lord said, I was still with you. I was with you there and I was hurting with you. And I felt your pain and I felt your anger, just mad at the world. Like, I went and did this for you overseas. Like, why would you let this happen to me? And he, he could take that. God understands where she's coming from. Because we're human and we have human emotions. We ask why. We try and find someone to blame. Because if I can find someone to blame, I could just let it all out on that person. 
You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, what a sick and twisted person. That dude's evil. I can't believe he would shoot those people. But some people are like, I don't know who to blame. So I'm frustrated because I, who do I get mad at so I can feel better? I need someone to take this from me. Even like Jesus in the garden when he was so anxious because he knows I'm about to die. And he says, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But if not, not my will, but your will be done. See, in our deepest and our hardest and our most stressful and strenuous times, no one else is going to be there for us like God. Like your friends, they love to hear, you know, the tea, sis. But some people can't even handle the stuff that we carry. And I want to encourage you not to just give it away to anybody when you are holding something sacred. I'm going to do a little, I'm still praying about it and cooking on it, but I'm going to write a little something about the sacredness of grief. You don't just, like, I hate it when people comment on Facebook, oh, you know, my condolences, or oh, that must be so bad. Like, especially when they don't know you, it's almost like I don't, I don't even want to hear from you right now because this is sacred. This is my grief. This is me raw and just open so always be very careful when someone shares with you those things because it's precious like grief is more real than like a, okay a graduation everybody's going to congratulate you even people you don't know but the people close to you it means more and in the same way when someone's grieving it's very intimate you don't want just anybody saying stuff i hate it whenever something bad happens and people are just like well it's all part of god's plan are you saying that someone walking in and murdering kids is part of god's plan because you need to go back and read your bible bible says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy jesus comes to give life and life in abundance so don't be blaming god for this when we are lamenting when we are opening ourselves up to god and say god you know exactly how i feel i'm just allowing my body to process these emotions maybe you scream at god and that's okay like solomon in his pillow <gasps> Maybe you cry and you cry and you cry. You don't have to put on a good face for God. God knows what you look like without makeup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God knows what you look like on the inside before you put on your good Christian kid face every morning or Sunday mornings or online. Oh, I know my mom's on my Snapchat, so I'll save that for my private story. God knows what's in your private story. God knows what's in your heart. And we don't have to hide lamentations from him. In fact, we'll go back and read Psalm 13. Where King David, he is just letting it all hang out. The emotions, the anger, the fear, the doubts. And he just gives it to God. This one's only six verses. It's not as long. And he begins with a question. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? <laughs> wow. Tell us how you really feel, King David. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Some of us can feel that way, right? Like I'm living the best that I can trying to live for God and here's these other people doing all these wicked things and I'm the one who gets a short change. I'm the one who's embarrassed. I'm the one who is put down. What? I thought I was supposed to be winning if I joined his team. Verse five is where he remembers. Oh, I got to remember to have Thanksgiving in my heart. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Verse six, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. 
Now, the fact that David is going through this, he's in bad times. But that doesn't mean that God is not good. And I want you to remember that. Because the easiest thing for you to do whenever something disappointing happens is to blame God. Because you grow up and you hear, you know, the messages in church and we do the little dance and, you know, we know what it's like to be blessed with a love offering. Maybe it's your birthday or something. Yeah, you know, money coming to me now and God's blessings and he wishes above all things I prosper and be in health and all these things. But we have to realize that God is with us through every aspect of life. Life's not a video game where if you collect these items and you level up to this, you don't have to worry about these problems anymore. We're still going to go through it. So the difference between the prayer of thanksgiving and prayer of lamentation is you can have both. You can thank God for what you do have. You can also just cry out to Him for the bad stuff that's gone on. And that's kind of where I want to bring the plane to a landing. I was watching an incredible Instagram story the other day, and it was titled, Stop Praying for Your Ex. And I'm like, okay, pause. Stop praying for your ex. But the Bible says to pray for your enemies and do good to those who persecute you. But here's what this person was saying. Remember how with Thanksgiving, we said that it softens your heart towards God. And for lament, we said that it softens your heart toward healing. Well, the message this lady had, she's a minister. She said, you have to be careful when you pray about your ex because you soften your heart toward them. And that's a danger zone because if you, for either safety reasons or different goals or different seasons, separate yourself from someone, but you keep praying for them, you are still making connections with them. And I hadn't thought about it like that. I'm like, now that explains why whenever I think of someone, all those feelings just come rushing back. Why? Because I've kept that lifeline connected. And you think, well, you know, I'm not going to speak to them again and I'm not going to check their story every 10 minutes and I'm not going to see what they're posting on Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever. But if you keep praying for them, they are on your mind. That's why the Bible says to pray for your enemies because it softens your heart so you won't have bitterness against them. And so I know what you're thinking. Well, Brother Jonathan, we shouldn't be bitter towards our exes. No, but you need to be safe. And so you can pray a prayer of release because i was thinking you know you go through all the excuses like well you know if i'm not praying for them that means i'm bitter no and this lady was reminding us there are other people who can pray for them we are not the only one on the planet who's praying for that person and even if you think well i can't think of anybody the bible says that jesus prays for us that he's seated at the right hand of the father interceding for you and me so you're either a you or a me that's everybody right because I want everybody to point to yourself. That's a me. Now point to someone else. That's a you, right? That's it. I know sometimes people have issues with pronouns, but that's another message for another day. So he's praying for everybody. You're either a me or a you. And so when we think, well, I need to pray for my ex, ask yourself why. Why are you praying for your ex? Are you praying for your ex that God will heal them and will restore them? Or are you praying for them because you miss them? Oh, you, oh, oh. <laughs> And that's what they were talking about, how whenever we pray, we make those connections. When we pray prayers of thanksgiving, we are making those connections with God. God, I remember those warm, fun memories that we've had. And I remember how you've been there for me and how much you love me. And I remember everything that we've been through. Uh-oh, you see where we're going with this? Softens your heart towards God. Prayers of lament. God, I'm so 
angry, but I know I can trust you. God, I'm so mad, but I know that you're caring for me. God, I I just don't understand, but I know that you are all-knowing. Softens your heart. So when you start praying for someone else, the Lord is softening your heart through prayer, but you have to be careful where you're aiming at. Just like me at the generals game, I let it loose, but I was not aiming the right direction. And it went a little further than I intended. Now we see how if we're praying for someone from the past and you have that spiritual connection, uh uh-oh, Lord, this is going a little further than I intended. And God, I just, I'm so mad at, but bless them and take care of them. And I remember all the wonderful, uh uh-oh, whoa, what's going on here? And so this woman, and I definitely appreciate her perspective on this. We pray and we release. And we say, God, I'm not even praying about them anymore. I'm praying to you. You take care of them. Because I can no longer safely direct my heart toward them. Because guess what? Where you're facing when you throw the ball, that's where the ball's going to go. And if you've already taken that back and said, no, no, my heart does not belong to you anymore. I'm not going to give you access to those feelings, those emotions. You are no longer in that safe place where you can say you got the boogie hanging out or guess what happened with them nachos. We have to leave that behind. And you can still acknowledge, you know, we were close. We had a great relationship. I really enjoyed our time together, but it's done now. And if you just kind of leave that open, anybody ever left a bag of chips open? The oxygen gets in there and you go back later and you're like, oh, it's just stale. And it's like, it's not even crunchy anymore. It's like bendy and flexy and gross. That's what happens with that relationship. You say, I'm going to leave this open and I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep coming back. And it's not going to sustain you correctly because you're going to keep trying to chew on stuff from the past, but it's expired already. Now, I'm not calling your ex a bag of chips. Okay, it's just a metaphor. But I want you to understand that. Like you understand heart connections if you've been in a relationship. But sometimes we forget those spiritual connections. And that's like my job, you know, licensed, ordained, good with the Bible stuff. But I had not looked at it like that before. And when they showed it to me, I'm like, wow, there are some things I need to work on. Because we pray for those people, but we need to remember to stay from those people. And I want you to remember that too. You can pray for those people, but we need to stay from those people and let God handle it. Like he's a big boy. He can take care of himself. Of course, he's not a boy. It's just a colloquialism. But in the same way that we trust him to take care of us, we can trust him to take care of them. We don't need to be involved anymore. And if someone keeps bringing them up in conversation or keeps bringing up memories that we have moved on from, you can use your tools in conversation and say, hey, I appreciate you're trying to cheer me up, but I don't want to go back there right now. Like, hey, I appreciate you're on my side, but I don't want to talk bad about them either. (laughs) I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I'm going to pray for them, stay from them. And a prayer of release is very simply this. God, I trust you. I know you're healing me, and I know you're going to heal them, and I just release them. Just like Jesus, when he was done with his body here on planet Earth, on the cross, he said, into your hands... I commit my spirit. And he gave up. And that's a prayer of release. So when you think about your ex or you can't shake that feeling or summertime's coming up and all those memories come back or Christmas and all those memories or somebody's birthday or anniversary comes up and all those memories, you just say, God, into your hands, I commit that relationship. I'm done. I release and I let it go. And that's it. 
And that's tough. That's one of those tough prayers. So we've talked about thanksgiving, talked about lament, talked about praying prayers of release, whether it's an ex or somebody who hurt you or somebody you loved. And the last one, as we wrap up, is prayers of petitions. So there's nothing wrong with asking God for stuff. And we know God's not Santa Claus. Dear Santa, here's my tithes and offerings. I mean, milk and cookies, and you're going to give me what I want for Christmas. That's not how it works. But we should not dedicate the majority of our prayer time to asking for things. Because again, we're talking about the difference between a baseball and a football. And I had to aim the baseball differently when I threw it because a football will just eventually fall where it needs to fall. And baseball just keeps going and going and going. Riley, you play baseball? You used to, right? I never played baseball in my life. And they asked me to throw out a first pitch and the catcher had to jump up and grab it. Because I threw it like a football, right? And the football is like that. And the baseball is like, just kept going and going and going. So I'm comparing that to prayer today. And petitions, when we ask God for something, we need to remember, first of all, we give him thanks for what we already have. Because if all we do is ask, we're not thankful for anything. Somebody gives you a gift for graduation, and you're like, oh, thanks, is this it? That's rude, right? You thank them and you appreciate what you already have. Like, I got y'all a gift today. Spoiler alert. But it's something that you can continue to use. And it's not just like, a, here's money. You know, it's like people who just give you money are like, thanks. But if you know them and you think about something, you put some thought into a gift. It means a little more. You know, like someone says, Rosie, I know that you are getting ready for summer. So I bought you a darker palette right? That's very thoughtful. My skin's going to change tone. I'm going to wear different makeup this summer. Like, thank you. I say, well, Vince, I know that you are going to apply for a job. So I got you a gift card to like a a uniform store or a a nice shirt or something that you can wear to a job. It's the thought that counts. So in the same way, when we ask God for something, it shouldn't just be a material thing. Like, well, God, I, I just want some earrings, but it should be, God, I want you to help me in this thing. Most of the petitions that we ask should be for a purpose, for a breakthrough. God, I want you to help me come up with words to speak to this person who's grieving because they just lost their grandma or they just, you know, failed a class or they thought they were going to pass the star and we got our results last week and they're going to have to do summer school. There's nothing wrong with asking God for things. I'm praying for some things right now in my life and in my body and in my job. And there's nothing wrong with asking, but I always start with the thanksgiving because that puts me in the frame of mind, God, I know you're faithful. And even if I don't get what I'm asking for right now, you're still faithful. Because some people treat God like, uh, I don't know, a divorced dad on the weekends. If you don't give me the fun stuff, then I don't want to come back to you. And that's how people who don't know God treat God. They say, well, I prayed for a miracle and I didn't get it, so God must be weak. No, you prayed for a miracle and maybe in that time, in that place, that's not what was needed at the moment. That's what you wanted, but that's not what's needed at the moment. If it was up to us, we would drink sodas all day, eat candy all the time and fill ourselves on junk food, but that's not what's needed. So as we wrap up today, I want you to remember the types of prayer that we've covered. We've covered Thanksgiving. Always need to include Thanksgiving. Always need to start with Thanksgiving. Get in that mindset. Get you, get your head in the game. Oh. But also trust God with your lament. He can handle our messy moments. And even be careful who you are praying for because it makes a connection. So we can pray a prayer of release into your hands. I commit it. And then our petitions, 
are great, but remember, they always have to be in God's will. You should never say, well, God, I pray that you give me this person's husband or wife. No, no, no. They're spoken for. So I'm going to end our time today in a word of prayer. I'm going to thank God for what he's doing in our hearts. I'm going to let him know that we trust him in our tough times, and I'm going to petition him to watch over us this summer. Would you join me in prayer? God, thank you so much for your word that we read today in the Bible where King David wrote happy psalms and sad psalms, but they're all directed to you. And we're thankful that you hear us when we pray, even if it's not eloquent and articulate. You know what's in our hearts anyway, even before we open our mouths. You know us when we're happy. You know us when we're sad, angry, mad, upset, disappointed, confused. You can handle all that. And God, I pray a petition right now. I ask that you watch over these students as we get ready for the summer months, as we're traveling more, as we're outdoors more. Holy Spirit, remind us of important things, not to text while we drive, remind us to put on sunscreen, but also remind us that we are always on the lookout for people to pray for, people to speak words of life over, and guard our hearts also this summer. Sometimes, you know, emotions flare up or we get close to people over the summer, but help us remember that you are closer than anyone. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me push pause here.